Everybody and welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting, but we like to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. First off, as always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror, our intro-outro song. Go give them some love, shout them out on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream them. You can also stream us, like Google, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we're on all those platforms, because we the greatest, we the biggest. Evan, wild weekend, wild weekend of college football, massive upsets in the NFL that we're going to get to crumpling internally into myself right now but hey you know I'm happy the Bills got the win overall how did you how did you shape up out of this weekend um you know it's uh it's kind of as you put it and it's kind of as I've said you know in recent weeks which is just that no one in the NFL is any good everyone is very beatable and everyone uh is undeserving of a Super Bowl title so we should just cancel the playoffs Mm -hmm. I agree um, absolutely uh, actually, to, do we? Do let's we, just give it to a franchise that could use a ring. So, I mean, I think the Jaguars think. I, I think they've earned it. Yeah. And, see, uh, no, 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 no. See, that's where I'm gonna have to disagree with you and and go to the franchise that has lost four straight Super Bowls. They deserve one. Let's give it to the Buffalo Bills if we're gonna argue that case. You know, but well, I mean, that's a that's that's an argument we can get into for another time. But um, yeah, like you said, crazy weekend in the NFL. Um, you know, as a Jaguars fan, I guess my team showed heart. On Sunday, which is encouraging. Um, still, just you know, uh, sad. Still, just sad times. Um, but but not as sad as probably uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens fans are right now, Tom. Um, yeah, I I can't believe we left because we I think we recorded uh, Thursday evening ish, and we both walked out of there, you know, betting the the Baltimore Ravens to cover the spread. Yeah, we there. were we were shook that it was an eight point spread. I felt like I saw Ravens by ten or seventeen all over it. Um, and don't be wrong, we kind of mentioned I think, and we've talked about it before in the past at the very least, that you know the Miami Dolphins defense is very good. Like mm-hmm. it, it definitely has a lot of talent on that team, and they were they were motivated to go win this primetime you know Thursday night game. Yep. Uh, I mean they're at, at home. home. I mean, they're at home too, and and bro, we have said that because I've also said a few times this year it's like God forbid Tua and this offense could figure their shit out on a more consistent basis. The Dolphins aren't too shabby of a team. Uh, overall, I mean, this is. I equivalent this loss as to the Bills losing to Jacksonville last weekend. This yeah. is like the Ravens' bad loss. Let's let's wake the fuck up of the year. Yeah, I definitely think so. And and you know, I mean, it is just kind of proof though that as uh, impressive as Lamar has been, and he still didn't even have a terrible stat line in this game. Um, if you kind of punch the Ravens in the mouth, they're a team that you know with the rushing attack and the way they play. They're a team that wants to punch you in the mouth first and kind of disrupt you and disorient you and then and then uh, take control, you know, through time of possession, through you know, physical offense and defense. They they were the ones that got punched in the mouth on this one, and 
that was more so in a like a defensive perspective. I mean, Miami's offense only scored six points in the entire first three quarters, but the Ravens only scored three points. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's one of those where it happens. You know, it's a it's a short week for a Ravens team too that you know obviously just had an overtime win over the Vikings. I don't think we factored that in so much. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, kind of a, a quick turnaround and you know a, a trip down to Miami and didn't go as planned. But I'm not too worried if uh, if I'm a Ravens fan. But that didn't feel good. I'll say that much. Yeah, no. I mean, it, but it's like you said, everybody is not deserving. It feels like right now there's no. Right now we're we're halfway through the season and no one feels like or just over halfway through the season. And yeah, I mean, picking a Super Bowl winner right now. You know, it's it's easy to say somebody like the Bucks or something, but that's just because they have Tom Brady. It's not like a case of there's no team that's just like, wow, that team is on a destiny run. Yeah, um, and, 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 and and we'll get to them in a hot second too, but the Cardinals are obviously someone you're, you're still like scratching. You're, you're still wondering how real they are, but you're like, okay, record-wise, I guess we'll put some respect on their name. But you yeah. are wondering if it's sustainable or not. So I agree put, there. Baltimore you fans put be a, fine. You got to put it respect on the Cowboys record too, uh, to kind of segue into that because they just went and fucking dismantled, ripped the Falcons uh, wing from wing. I guess I would uh, like to just apologize on behalf of Down and Out Podcast to the people because Evan, I, did you take the Falcons too? I think we were both on the Falcon train. I took the Cowboys. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. So teams. I'm okay. So I'm just the the absolute dumb fuck. I would like to apologize to the Dom Tibbet stands out there. Um, that was incorrect for me to think that the Falcons were finding their groove, apparently, uh, well, because I mean, the Cowboys had a get-right game, and boy, did they get fucking right. There was no reason to think that the Falcons were going to get beat by, you know, this much, right? But, I mean, they just had a nightmare of a first uh, first half, and and uh, sometimes that happens, like, uh, you know, kind of like with the, the Ravens, but instead of, you know, only allowing the other team to score six, they allowed the other team to score 36. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is is that Dak looks really clean right now. Um, he, you know, he Dak is always going to be the type of guy that, you know, has a mistake in him, you know, I'd probably say once per year. Yeah, absolutely. But, but he's about as clean as we've seen him since, like, 2017, I would say. Um, and, uh, you know, him and CeeDee Lamb are hooking up in a big way right now. And it's weird to think that, you know, Zeke is kind of taking a back seat at the moment. But even he's doing his job fine, too. So, um, it's, uh, you know, I, 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 if there's any team I believe in, you know, right now that's not like the Cardinals or Bucks. I mean, it's crazy. You know, the NFC seems to have like two or three teams that you really do have faith in, whereas the AFC, you're, you're a little, 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 uh, less convinced but the cowboys especially if they're playing at home i mean they are they their their margin of victory right now at home is like something like i think like close to two scores goddamn yeah that's nice i mean they're 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 definitely you know for all the people who really hate the fucking cowboys and hate to watch them every year they're they're making football really really insufferable for them nfl uh, nfl is more fun when the cowboys are good i if you hate the cowboys i understand but and and i don't like them but at the same time they're one of those teams that you know no yeah i mean get get the cowboys in the playoffs so we can watch them lose in the first or second round you yeah know? i want to see the cowboys play in at lambo i want to see the cowboys play you know or, or welcome the bucks at home or something yeah like that. i, I, I can get issue. behind that i can get but, behind um, that but that was uh that was probably the most convincing we uh win of the weekend i mean the other one that comes to mind was 
I mean, yo, Mac Jones, man, and the Patriots are looking like a team. Uh, it's uh, it's they. I mean, the Browns had their get right game last week, and everyone was like, okay, so are the Browns? You know, they got rid of OBJ, man. Like they're actually gonna be. They might. They might be calling him back. They might be calling him back. And and <laughs> not quite that is happening because. Man, I mean, the, the the it's just the fact of, the fact of the matter is is that as long as Bill Belichick is a coach in the NFL, whatever team he's in charge of, aka you know until he retires from the Patriots, it, they're going to be good. Like they're going to be competitive. Well, like, my biggest in my biggest fear coming into that game when I picked the Browns, which is you know we'll get to our records in a bit, but obviously you know folks listening are hearing that I projected to have a terrible week. My biggest fear was picking the Browns because I did not want to admit that if the Patriots win this, and they are very, very much a legit team and very much could be a, le- a legit playoff contender. And here we are, 45-7. to seven. Mac Jones is playing not even – like his stat line's not even eye-popping, you know, but it's just efficient football. And that, like you said, that, that I think that's mostly a credit to Bill Belichick. The Patriots defense kind of playing like circa 2017 Stephon Gilmore peak era kind of defense for the Patriots. Uh, they're, they're, they're clicking and firing on all cylinders and – Am I worried about the AFC East crown? No, but I'm 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 definitely not thinking it's going to be like the last two Patriot games last season. You know, New England's yeah. going to give us a run for our money. Yeah, I uh, I think that's the case too, Dom. Uh, it's they're gonna. I think I think the Patriots are a team where you know I definitely see them getting to that ten win mark. You know, four they could go four and three the rest of the way and definitely get into the wild card game. And you know, they're a team that you know. I, I wouldn't want to see, you know. I wouldn't want to get in a uh, a muddy knockdown drag out with them, you know, where it's, you know, they, they put up a ton of points this weekend, but they're a team that will win close games too. So, you know, if uh, unless you – you almost want to get in a shootout with the Patriots. Like, I know they put up 45 this weekend, so you're like, oh, well, they can do that too. And who knows, they probably can. But I still think the Patriots are a team that you need to look at as we gotta go. We gotta go make them score, not they gotta go make us score. You know, right. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be on the front foot there. Um, yeah, I mean, in other news, the the to, to to go ahead and knock out what I had mentioned earlier, the Jaguars showed heart. There's not a lot to say about this game. Other, you know, they they had a like an unbelievably bad start to the game where you know they let the Colts go score right away, and then a blocked punt leads to a touchdown. And, you know, the Jaguars kind of claw their way back into it and even had a drive late, and then Trevor gets sacked, fumbles, and that's the ball game. Um, So it is what it is. I didn't even really get to watch most of it because I was uh, driving. um, And, uh, yeah, there's just not a lot to say there other than a Colts routine victory. Um, And then elsewhere in the AFC South Dom, the Titans, man, they just don't lose. Like they don't lose games. They yep. they they don't win by a lot typically. You know, they won by two scores against the Rams last week, but a lot of close games in that season so far. And another game where you know they, really they the Saints didn't, the Saints didn't even play badly. Like Trevor Simeon looked good in that game, and and uh, you know Mark Ingram broke his you know broke the franchise record, which is really fun, and got in the end zone, but. The fact of the matter is, is that the Titans team is, they're not playing like a team possessed because they are good. It's not like they're playing above their level, but 
the way I would describe it is that they had a lot of pieces on the defense, especially that they said, okay, these guys need to be what we thought they were, and they are. You know, like whereas last year it was like, geez, did we waste money on these dudes? Yeah, absolutely. Did we waste draft picks? This year it's, oh wait, we're we're clicking as a unit, and and the offense does. I mean, it does enough uh, even without Derrick Henry, which is, you know, it's crazy. But the Titans are going to end up. I mean. They just don't have a very hard schedule either. I mean, they still got to play. I mean, that's, 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 South that's teams. A, I mean, that's what I was about to say. Is like, you know, you're, that's the benefit of playing AFC South teams twice in one season. But you know, it, I I think, you know, this is one of the picks that I got right on this game, and I'm finally able to you know come into full circle and give respect to the Titans here because they're just playing good, efficient football, getting the job done. And let's not forget. And you mentioned it too, because obviously you know the Saints have Trevor Simeon in there. I feel for the Saints in a in in a slight sense because I feel like the Saints have had a very very hard schedule. It, it feels like every oh, every I mean, week we're talking about the Saints playing against you know a playoff contender or a team that they win or lose by like one score or less by you know. So it's uh it, it's it's something I I feel a little bit for the Saints because I'm like damn like this team just. Cannot catch a break right now, but in that same token, though, like the Titans are, a, a, yeah, they're 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 a team that is really in control of this, you know, AFC crown at this point. I I I would probably be able to look at their schedule. I'm not looking at it in front of me. Could probably look at tight at the Titans schedule and find one or two more losses. But I mean, in the AFC, like right now, you got to be thinking that they're the clear cut favorite to take the one seed. They've got the Texans twice. Oh, brother. (laughs) They've got the Jaguars once. They've already played the Colts as much as they're going to play them. And then Patriots, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins. So between the Patriots, Steelers, and 49ers, I'll say there's at least a loss in that three. But games against the Texans, you look at as we should go win these. The the game against the Jaguars is at home, so there really should be no way there. You got to go on the road for the Patriots and Steelers, but Mike I mean, Vrabel revenge the Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel reunion game. So I mean, there's there's right now I think there's a loss in that schedule. I don't, and there might be two, but I don't really see more than that. You know, so that's to say that's you know you're right. I mean they they will probably end up getting to the uh, unless you know they just kind of collapse, which it's possible. You know, maybe they're just they're 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 you know using all their fuel. That Derrick Henry's gone and then right. run out or whatever, but but yeah, right now Titans are you know they are a complete team. They don't have a ton of stars at the moment. You know AJ Brown's a great player and they've got some great defensive pieces, but they're just playing as a complete team and that's all you can ask for. Meanwhile, your Bills got back on track, Dom. Yeah, that felt really good. Um, I even though I everyone's gonna play, it's the Jets, Dom. Relax. No, if you if. You weren't there at TIA Bank Field watching your team lose by a field goal in the 9-6 game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You weren't there in person. I was. So, yeah, it felt great to watch us. Uh, in particular, just the defense just, like, ruined Mike Mike White's career in one game. Like, that was just blissful. I, uh, I played the Bills defense, and uh, and I don't regret it. I, yeah, I bet that also, was a fucking also great move. Also I also played Diggs, um, and don't regret that one bit either. Yeah, which is which is finally like, let's talk about Diggs for a hot second here. 
Matt or Brian, I'm about to say Matt Dayball. Brian Dayball finally figured out this recipe that hey, we have an elite wide receiver one on our team. We should get him the ball more. And like by getting the ball, let's at least throw it in his direction a little bit more. And let's see if that works out. And it fucking did. So moving forward, it, the the Bills offense has no excuse now not to get at least double-digit targets to Stephon Diggs every game. It, it's, it is the best thing to, to come out of that receiving game, it, it, and, and it's a way to help supplement our very, our very shaky yet building run game. It, it was very a promise. It was a promising with all the talk about the running back group coming into this week for the Bills. It was very promising to see the, 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 the run game kind of pick itself up a little bit and build a little bit of momentum. Uh, here's a name that you, you, you'll forget about, Matt Breida. Uh, two touchdowns for the Bills in that game, you know? Uh, good spark there to see from him. Obviously, the defense is clicking, so we're, and the Bills are going to need this because, like I said, we still have the Patriots twice on this schedule, and we're going to need all that momentum. When they come into uh, into Orchard Park and we go to um, Gillette Stadium, it, it's it's going to be real, and I I uh, am, am very very happy walking away from that Sunday win, and it felt good to do it in front of fucking Jets fans because there's nothing funnier than Jets fans who boo that who are uh, booing after the first drive of the first quarter. That's how down yeah. New York Jet fans are, and for that I appreciate them. But yeah, overall good win, and I'm happy happy they're back on the right track. Yeah, totally. Uh, it seems like they were a lot more locked in this week. Um, another, I mean, probably the most surprising result, just because ties are always surprising. Uh, the Lions are not going 0-17, but they do not have their first win of the season either. 16-16, uh, Lions and Steelers. Najee Harris after the game, running back for the Steelers, former Alabama running back, uh, uh, just an absolute god in every way, uh, says, I didn't know you could tie in the NFL. Somehow Najee Harris didn't – he was like literally under the impression that they were going into another overtime uh, when players started shaking their hands. He said he was very confused. Um, so that's fantastic. Way to, go, <laughs> way to go, Steelers. I mean, what's funny too is that the Steelers had to like come back to make it go to OT. Like, they, it wasn't just a, you know, oh, well, the Lions snuck in there. It was like the Lions were up in the fourth quarter and, and damn near, uh, damn near pulled it out. But, um, not quite to be, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if there's, I didn't watch any of this game, so I couldn't really tell you a whole lot of what went on. But, oh, uh, I, I, I got to watch a good portion of the last of this, Evan. It was an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Because Jared Goff and the, the Detroit Lions offense, and let's just go right to overtime. They get one drive after, it was the second offensive series in overtime for the Lions. Homeboy, I don't know his name, but the kicker gets lined up for... I mean, not an easy chip shot, you know, like I think like a 48-yard field goal, wide right. You know, barely misses it, wide right. It's like uh, heartbreaking and shit. So time running out, Mason Rudolph and the and the Steelers start driving. I believe Deontay Johnson gets the ball, fumbles it. This could be the fourth quarter. So actually, let me let me make sure no, I'm getting the, this right. There, there was a late fumble in that. Yeah, okay, so, so, so it wasn't right. Deontay. It was to, uh, I think, one of the tight ends. 
who catches it literally you know how like on the TV screen you see like the green field goal line so like they had like right. Boswell's line literally catches it on the field goal line you know with a first down tons of time to work with still to get even closer he fumbles it Detroit gets it back with like mere you know and they they are able to do shit with it and it, it, the game's over so it it was just a, a very sloppy brutal game to watch in overtime it wasn't even like even entertaining it was just like hard to watch honestly Sounds like Detroit Lions football. Yep. Um, so, uh, way to go, both sides. We're very proud of you for getting a tie um, in the NFL record books for the 2021 season. Uh, um, Evan, before we do move on, I have a. Uh, we actually have to interject. Breaking news. Yes, we have to interject. Breaking news. Da, 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 da. We talked about it before the. Well, me and Evan were talking about it before the show. Uh, he enlightened me, and it is official. The Angels and Noah Syndergaard have agreed to a one-year. $21 million deal. Well, 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 Dom. You guys finally have a pitcher that is probably, probably going to be good. Yeah, pro- yeah. Let's, let's let's keep the probably there, but it feels good to have an ace. We have an ace on the team, you know? So He's awesome. I mean, I, I always have been a fan of Syndergaard. And, I would, li- know, I would like us to get one more. I would like to get another ace, but it does feel good to have him there. 100-mile-an-hour sinker, you know, sometimes like a 101, 102-type sinker, uh, you know, early in the game. So, I mean, that type of pitcher is really, really in right now. And uh, I think uh, I think that that's, you know, the Angels are a better team with him. So that's, there's no question about that. So, so congrats to Dom and to everyone uh, that somehow, for some reason, cheers for the Angels. Uh, the Atlanta Braves won the 2021 World Series, and now we're going back to the NFL. Um, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not win the uh, 2021 World Series, um, you know, despite their best efforts. Uh, instead, they lost to the Washington football team this past weekend. And, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about the NFC South. Like, you were talking about, like, oh, man, like, you know, there's uh, the Saints have such a tough schedule. Like, the entirety of the NFC South kind of has one. Dom, the Saints are 5-4, and four, but they're one game back because the Bucks are only 6-3. and three. I mean, the NFC South is very much not over. I mean, the Falcons are two games back at 4-5, and five, and you kind of have to think that they've got a lot of work to do. But as we'll get to in a second, too, the Panthers are 5-5, five and five, a game and a half back. So between the top and the bottom of the NFC South, two games separate the teams. And yep. that's uh, pretty wild. Um, Tom Brady looked bad on Sunday. I didn't watch this game in full, but saw some pieces, and Tom Brady did not look No, and, and, and you know he played bad when Tom Brady goes into his post-game press conference. First thing out of his mouth is, let's make it quick. One-minute-long yeah, post-game press conference. One reporter tries to ask a question, he just goes, nope, and walks away. Done. Uh, the, the, now, I've heard a lot of conversation, though, about this game. And I, 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 before I get into that, I do want to actually say, like, you know, we give all this credit to, to like, you know, <clears throat> the Patriots and what they've done because Bill Belichick is a good coach. Honestly, I mean, and you lost, you probably lost Chase Young to an ACL injury, unfortunately, yeah, in that game. Here. Yeah, so one one thing that I, because I think the, the Washington football team has had a few really close games as well, and they always feel like, you know, they kind of knock on that door. The quarterback situation's been really tough for them without Fitzpatrick and relying on Heineke. You know, you, you wonder if they had a quarterback, what they could do with, Ter- with Scary Terry and Gibson in your backfield. Ron Rivera gets this team motivated and on the field 
for like like I've seen no other coach though because there's not much yeah. that Washington has going for it. But Ron Rivera, a man, he those guys believe in that locker room. You know, to it, come out and, and, and no be defending there's Super Bowl champ by ten points, like you're going to be able to look back on this when you're you know sitting at home in January watching the playoffs and. You know, you're you're gonna be able to take a nice little little moral victory away from this game because I mean they 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 won from start to finish. I mean they there was never a moment where, you know, you, you felt. I I think maybe that late Mike Evans touchdown. You're like, okay, maybe this is where the where the Buccaneers climb back. But nah, you know, Taylor Heineke and them. I think they ran like a nine minute long possession to wear out the clock. Like that's just it's good football. You know, and, and were- the Washington football team did it. There were two possessions. That one actually was. I was about to say there were two drives in this uh, in this past weekend of football that, I'll, and I'll bring up the other one that were chef's kiss. Like that is what football is all about. Um, but yeah, man, Ron Rivera is. I mean, to me, he's one of the most likable figures in the NFL. And he obviously he's always every single like pretty much player that's come through. You know, from the Panthers era and, and then now has said, you know, this guy is somebody you want to go fight for. And and, and they uh, they do that. They just like I, I, I think I've said this before. I truly think that, uh, yeah, them and the Vikings are like the two teams with losing records that are easily the best losing record teams in the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, the Eagles are starting to get in that conversation. We'll get to that in a second. But. But the 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 I, I mean, it sucks that they're three and six because. I truly think that's a team that, you know, potentially by the end of the year, they might end up at like nine or, you know, like a nine and eight. Like, I really do think that they could pull off that kind of run, like a six and two run. Right. But um, losing Chase Young is going to make that a little bit more difficult, of course. But that was kind of something interesting about the season, too, for them is that, you know, I, I know I'm kind of ranting, but. I, I, I follow some football team fans, and, like, there's a lot of people that were like, man, Chase Young has not been that dude this year. So, um, who knows? Maybe it's not quite as big of a loss as, uh, as you know, you would think. Right. Um, but but uh, credit to, to Washington. The Bucks move on. I know that Brady and them, you know, the, the short press conference or whatever is funny, but we all know they don't give two shits. It's fine. They're not worried. Um, meanwhile, the Cardinals are probably not worried either. But, hey, uh, you lost by 24 to the Panthers at home. Um, and Cam Newton uh, goes and scores two touchdowns uh, and, you know, announces his return to North Carolina. Um, takes the helmet off. That was, actually, that was actually a pretty cool moment. I was like, okay, Cam. Oh, yeah. I was like, talk your shit. I like it. I, 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 I like it. it. I like Cam. I, there's a lot of, I understand why there's a lot of people that don't. And don't get me wrong, like his back stuff is stupid, but that's all I have to say about it. I mean, it's not a personal thing. It's just I think he's dumb for that. But but even as an Alabama fan, I have a soft spot for Cam even, you know, and, and – and, uh, and yeah, the Panthers looked like a, a a damn good team. They looked like the team that won three straight to open up the season. And you know, the Cardinals kind of had to. They you know the come down is is kind of starting to come after you know. And, and you got to remember too, you don't you but, you didn't have Kyler for that game. You know, you're banged yeah. up. Yeah, for sure. They didn't have D Hop either. I don't think. Um, so uh, there. Yeah, you're right. And they can. You know, they got fat. They beat all the teams they should have beat. And now, in some teams that you know they could have lost to, and people would have said that makes sense. Um, and now they can afford to do that. You know, I mean, it's still cruise control for the for the Cardinals. And meanwhile, like I said, the Panthers are a game and a half back of the uh, the uh, Buccaneers. And you know, if they 
you know, you got to think that 10 is the magic number. So you go five and three the rest of the season, uh, or, or five and two the rest of the season. You know, I think, and I think they can do that. Um, you know, they'll be they'll be somehow in a playoff spot, which I don't think a lot of people anticipated this Panthers team to do that. No, I mean, cause, I mean, because the thing in the NFC South too, you're going to get the Saints, the Panthers, you know, even the Falcons if they can say, you know, keep playing decently. I mean, you're just going to get all of them banging up on each other. So I will be interested to see just you know how that division kind of shapes up after the gauntlet of you know each team having to play each other a couple more times this year. That'll that'll definitely be something to keep your eye on, and and you know do do I think the Panthers win that division? Yeah, probably not. But I mean, there's definitely a good outlier chance that for sure they, they could sneak into a uh, you know like I said they turned around the way you kind of envisioned them to. Then you know there, there, there's definitely that that wild card discussion we could be having in just a couple weeks from now. The the big problem for them is that they need to carry this momentum hard because so they play Washington next week, go win that game. Then they go on the road to the Dolphins, go win that game. And then they host the Falcons. So you're like, okay, that can be three wins right there. But the final four games of the season are Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. So, you know, and I think you could probably go two and two in that stretch, but you kind of need to look at Washington, Miami, Atlanta as W's. Yeah. And then you go must win scenario. And and then you go 50 50 and, you know, either get swept by the Bucks and somehow beat the Bills and the Saints, or, you know, you take one against the Bucks at home and then you take that Saints game on the road late. Um, but but that's what's going to be fun, man. Those final, you know, this final five weeks of the season, the NFC South still has a lot of games to play against each other. So it's going to be nuts. Um, me and you both called the Vikings game, Dom. Hell so, yeah. That's the, that, this is the one thing I feel very, very fucking good about this week is that we called the Vikings win. And it's about yeah. time the Vikings get a win that they deserved. Well, it helps that, you know, soon to be, like, incarcerated individual Dalvin Cook did play in this game. Mm. Um but but you know I mean hey you play with the players you have and uh, and 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 like we said I mean the Vikings play nothing but close games they've lost some heartbreakers this year but the Chargers are still not a team that are convincing when it comes to winning close games or or getting and it's over and it's hump. crazy because and, it's like like week through like week four week three we were sitting there going holy shit the Chargers are fucking elite. Like, I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, the Chargers are good. As good as Justin Herbert is, we kind of have to remember that, like, that team, like, some of the pieces around him are very familiar names, but they're really not, like, I mean, Keenan Allen is no longer in his prime. Keenan Allen has lost a step. He's still a very good receiver, but he's definitely, you know, past it a little bit. Yeah. the defense has got some names on it, but it's not overly impressive. I mean, statistically or or just, you know, talent-wise. Um, and the Vikings, I mean, probably tit for tat have a better roster, straight up. Um, Justin Jefferson continues to do his thing. And, uh, and uh, Kirk Cousins didn't lose the game, so... You know, I bet he tried to. I bet Kirk, I didn't get to watch this game, but I bet Kirk Cousins did try. To I, I, lose I, game, I bet he did all he could. No, I, I didn't really get to watch it either. But uh, you know, I, I, Justin Jefferson had a huge day receiving, not even scoring, like you mentioned. It's just, uh, I, I think the that that's kind of what you could see with the Vikings long term. I just, I think they've already dug themselves kind of in a hole, and they are just the Vikings at the end of the day. So, do do I envision this kind of spawning into something greater? No. But, again, moral victory that you hang your head on, you know, when the season comes to an end. 
the Vikings are another team that you know I could see a I could see a reality in which they go peel off like three or four wins in a row, and then we're talking about like a seven and five Vikings team that you know we think actually has good in it you know good wild card chances. Um, as much as I would like to see it, I don't think the Eagles are going to be that team. However, they are four and six. They are four and two on the road. And Jalen Hurts looks like he's getting better each week, which is exciting. Um, there are a lot of people that, you know, I think it was even us were kind of like saying in the first few weeks of the season, it was like, I don't think Jalen Hurts is that dude. I don't think it's going to work out. And it seems like they're committing a little bit more to that style of play that he, and, and he's playing better in general, but it seems like they're trying to commit more to actually adjusting to the type of quarterback he is. And um, man, his uh his hookups with Devontae Smith recently is has been insane. He throws the touchdown to Devontae Smith over Patrick Sertain. It was an Alabama fuck fest. Yeah, I was about, um, I was about to say, like, geez, Alabama fucking Tuscaloosa had a must have had just raging boners watching that. Yeah, it was uh it was beautiful. Um but uh and you know, really the I feel like the thing that everyone's talking about from this game is that Teddy Bridgewater didn't try to make a tackle after throw and through through the pick six. You know, doesn't try to has a very clear cut chance to make the tackle, um, and just doesn't try. Um, I, I I call that PTSD from that 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 concussion that he suffered when he was in Minnesota. I think Teddy Bridgewater was like, I don't get paid enough, and I don't want a chronic CTE when I retire. Yeah, that I was very it, it was very odd though. Like I actually didn't yeah, get to watch I mean, it until last look. night. It's That's a rough look. Very it's, very it's, much so. It's a rough look, and if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm very much pissed. Yeah, like I get why they're mad. And there were columns written like Matt Kisla, who's you know the columnist for the Dem- uh, Denver uh, Post, who's very good at what he does. Um, he said he was like, "Well, okay, that all that says to me is that we don't have a leader at quarterback." And I mean, that's that's the truth. I mean, you know, it's it's one thing if you want to say that Teddy Bridgewater is a solid player, but. You know, if it's a Ryan Fitzpatrick who's going to go put up those stat lines, but you know that he gets the team around him excited to play football and to play with him, you know, that's a different thing. But if it's Teddy Bridgewater stats and the team is kind of looking in the film room and just seeing that, I mean, you're not you're not going to want to bend over backwards for that guy, right? So um, interesting, interesting developments in Denver. Um we got to get moving. So, Pack just shut out the Seahawks. I think it's the first time the Seahawks have been shut out in like five years. Uh, first uh, time Russell Wilson in his career uh, has been. They've been shut out. Yep. That's nuts. Um, Crazy stat line. But uh, yeah. I think I think the, my biggest takeaway, and I did hear a couple national columnists talking about this, and I, which is kind of how I started to like put that thought in my head. So credit to them. But I do think it's it's a point. I don't think Russ was 100% healthy coming off the, the, yeah, the of thumb injury. He, and, it, well, and, like, it, and he, because he was missing, like, I got to watch a little bit of this, and he was missing some some plays, some throws. He just, he didn't look confident. I credit the Packers' defensive front. They definitely didn't make it comfortable for him back there. But there was definitely, Russ didn't look like Russ, and that was so goddamn evident for sure. Yeah, no question. And I don't think uh, Rodgers necessarily looked 100% either. He didn't play his, his very best game, and, but, you know, the Packers get it done. The uh, Packers' defense deserves a fuck ton of credit for that. I know that, like you said, Russ was beat up. But a shutout in the NFL is always an extremely impressive uh, feat. And A.J. Dillon proving that, you know, that's why they drafted him. Because yep. Aaron Jones goes down and A.J. Dillon steps in and has a has a nice little day. And, 
And, uh, and, they're, and Dom they're Tibbetts be... sat A.J. Dillon on his bench. Way to go, homie. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have their get-right game. I threw big money on the Chiefs uh, covering the spread in this game, and uh, I was not disappointed. Um, nice. You know, the, they finally look like the 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 Chiefs, They at least in this game, they look like the Chiefs that we were expecting this year. I think a huge part of that was because that Chiefs defense actually showed up I know that they don't have Henry Ruggs. I know that you know they've got some banked up uh, a banked up backfield, and Derek Carr can either be you know Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins depending on the day. Um, but but either way, the Chiefs looked good in this one, and the ASC West is you know after all this turmoil, after all this shit we've been talking all year, like oh shit, like what's gonna happen in the AFC West? The Chiefs are atop. The AFC West. Yeah, fucking so, sucks. That sucks, donkey nuts. It, so it was. Hey, hey, it was nice while it lasted. It was nice had, while it lasted. We had eight or nine weeks of oh, is is is, and and it is still wide open. Raiders are five and four. The Chargers are five and four. Broncos are five and five. Yeah, it is like literally a game separates you know the top from the bottom. But at the same time, you know, thinking about momentum, the the Chiefs uh, have. Have uh, have definitely you know I would say uh, flipped that momentum and then two, so they got the they got the Cowboys uh, this weekend you know it's going to be a game you know, but then Broncos Raiders Chargers Steelers Bengals Broncos, I mean, two games against the Broncos two another game against the Raiders team that's kind of struggling a Steelers team they ought to be able to beat a Bengals team they ought to be able to beat you know. Chargers game might be tough, but it does, I mean, on paper it doesn't sound the easiest. But you're but if you're gonna get the Chiefs that we saw against the Raiders and the Chiefs that play like they had the last couple seasons, like there there actually is no reason for me to even be like yeah they God. probably they probably don't lose a game there at Chiefs, some really some Chiefs point. Cowboys at uh, four twenty five on Sunday is going to rock. Flex um, it. Flex it Sunday night football. Flex it. I, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they. I don't think they will. But but that. that what can you start flexing? Ass. I think we're gonna start getting those flex games it's, here it's, pretty I believe soon. Week twelve, and we're in week. Uh, we're or week thirteen. And I think we're in week twelve. So, um, and then last but not least, the 49ers curb stomp the Rams last night. Um, I'll take things I didn't see coming for four thousand, Alec. I mentioned the uh, the chef's kiss uh, time of possession drives. After, uh, after you know, Stafford opens up, like his first target for OBJ is thrown for a pick. It was a terrible throw. The 49ers go on a 93-yard, 11-minute drive. I don't know the last time I saw an 11-minute drive. I don't even know if I've seen an 11-minute drive. Alabama pulled some off in the early days of the Saban era. Like, there were definitely some double-digit time. And and they do happen in the NFL probably about once a year. But goodness, to do that was huge. And then, like, two seconds after that end zone, after they reached the end zone, the uh, Stafford throws another pick to Jimmy Ward. This time it's going to the house. And 14-0 at the end of the first quarter. And the Rams just are like, holy shit. Um... And the 49ers did what they had to the rest of the way. Um, two more touchdowns in that game. Jimmy G throwing, uh, throwing two and and looking okay. You know, just doing his part. Yeah. Uh, just just not losing the game. Um, which is which know. is which honestly is fucking huge for Jimmy G. Like this, just being an okay quarterback in that game is such a steadfast improvement. Like if I'm a Niners fan, I'm fucking reeling at that. This fact. this this game. I mean, one they were 0-4 at home coming into this game, which they played at home. This game gives that 49ers team 
a new lease on life, no question. Um, this game definitely, you know, they're four and five. They're still going to be. There's still a lot of work to do for them to even think about really making the postseason. But you know, I mean, it's 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 now at least on the table. They don't have the easiest schedule in the world left. I mean, they still got to play the Titans. They got to play the Vikings. They got to play the Rams again. But you know, they can go win. You know, uh, they can go win. I think two of those three potentially. And uh, you know, they they still have the Jaguars, the Bengals, right. the the Texans. I mean, they they they've got wins on that schedule too. So um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see because Kyle Shanahan does need to at least get them in the mix. Um, you know he's a very beloved coach, and and I if I'm if I'm you know the 49ers, I'm not getting rid of him even if this season's a dud. But at the same time, you know this is if he doesn't want to go into next season thinking, okay, I'm coaching for my job this year. You know he definitely needs to. He he may be no matter what happens, but but he definitely needs to you know go and go and peel off some wins to uh, to wrap up the season at least give themselves a chance. Well, see this this goes back to my theory about you guys beat you know the Jaguars being the Bills back last week. Like you you fucked up because y'all could have fired Urban, and if you know Shanahan does in fact lose his job, God, don't dude. There's, don't there's don't. Literally- don't you think Kyle Shanahan would look good in that 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 teal that teal? There's nothing more that I want in the in the entirety. Like Kyle Shanahan could take us to like ten wins over five seasons, and I wouldn't care. I just want Kyle Shanahan to be the head coach. <laughs> of the I am such a Shanny believer, um, and uh, would kill 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 to have him as our head coach. Also, uh, their defensive coordinator now is D'Amico Ryan's Texans legend and Alabama football legend. Uh, would also love to have D'Amico on the staff in Jacksonville. Dom, we talked a lot about the NFL. Lots of NFL. We and the NFL a lot of money by putting you know putting their small business on our platform. Yeah, on our major platform. They're fucking lucky that we talk about them. Yeah, they're so lucky. The 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 the, the deal is that we uh, we we get to we get to eat sushi off Kirk Cousins' body uh, yeah. twice a year mm-hmm. uh, in exchange for, for coverage. And believe um, me, it's 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 actually really good sushi, folks. Yeah, it's it's really really good sushi. Uh, but uh, Mike Zimmer is actually the one who rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually he's actually really really surprisingly good at it too. It's actually but there's scary. There's no financial compensation, so that means we need to go take money from you guys, aka by forcing your ears to listen to an ad or two. Um, and we do that by going to the cash grab, Dom. That we um, do. Start up the car and take us there. Vroom, vroom, baby. When we come back, folks, after the cash grab, we've got college football and a little college basketball talk to get to. Yeah, yeah. They're playing basketball, baby. Maybe even Dick Vitale makes a surprise appearance. Who knows? But we're going to the cash grab. Down out will return right after this. Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out is underway, and we begin with a tumultuous weekend of college football. Little shakeups, little bit of ranking shifts. Alabama, folks, back up to number two. I, it's, it's kind of, it's Thanos. It felt inevitable, and it, it has happened. So, lots to get to, Evan. Let's unfold it here. Uh, do we do, do we start with the standings? I mean, let's first let me get your thoughts. Well, you know, we haven't Ala- gotten our new rankings yet. Alabama, well, Alabama coming up to that two spot was, you know, not, not, a, a nice thing for, for Crimson Tide fans. I'm sure Cincinnati fans are not happy, and I know Cincy is one of our one of our talking points. And yes, we are still waiting on the the, the new playoff rankings for this week. But I, I'm I, I are you expecting last week? Yeah. No. Uh, do I you think, think I, do you think there's any like what what are just kind of your your general your thoughts on this here? I think Alabama's place is either two or three. I think that's accurate. Um, I. Uh, I, if I'm Cincinnati, you know, obviously I definitely think we belong in the top four. It's it, it definitely you know is a is a uh, a frustrating situation right now. But but at the same time, after last week's games, I mean, you know, Oregon beats Washington State by two scores. Uh, Ohio State beats Purdue by 28. Um, they let up a bunch of points, but they put up 59 on the Boilermakers. And you know, I I, I don't think based on the current situation. You know that that Cincinnati should have jumped thanks to a two-score win in their Friday night game, but but uh, I think I think they're fine. I think they just need to chill at the five spot. If if Cincinnati wins out, they'll be in. I really do think that. And and the part of, part of that reason is is because I think Oklahoma losing is actually a bigger deal than people realize because Oklahoma is all the way back at eighth, right? And and you know that kind of you're almost like eighth. I mean, shit, like they're mm-hmm. barely in the conversation, but. They go and lose to Baylor this weekend. That actually makes Oklahoma State's chances at the 10 spot that much more difficult because Oklahoma State wanted to go beat an undefeated Oklahoma team to get right. to the Big 12 championship and then win that, and then you've got a chance to maybe sneak in at four. Maybe the college football playoffs screw Cincinnati over super hard and is like, oh, well, Big 12 is whatever, harder. Um, in the meantime, I mean, really – if you're, if you know, the, the numbers on the, the exact numbers, even right now, we're only two weeks to the end of the regular season. Even right now, I wouldn't be overly worried if I'm anywhere between one and seven or so. If I'm Notre Dame, which they'll probably move up to that eight spot um, after, after their win this past weekend, if I'm Notre Dame, I'm probably like, shit, we're going to need a lot of stuff to happen. We need Cincinnati to lose. We need Michigan and Michigan State to dip. We probably need uh, Oregon to also lose or Alabama to also lose just right. to have a chance. Um, which is, I mean, Alabama's, you know, uh, they, they, they've got Arkansas this weekend, which is not going to be an overly easy game. It's definitely going to be a challenge. Auburn on the road, uh, although Bo Nix broke his ankle, um, and uh, that makes that Auburn game a lot easier from the Alabama perspective. But how narrative on point would it be for Auburn's backup quarterback to step in against Alabama and – Throw five touchdowns. I mean, with, chef's kiss. It be it would be a beautiful, beautiful college football it, it moment. Makes, it makes perfect sense. So, so Alabama fans can still be nervous about that. It's uh, tough. To, it is tough to envision, but I, I definitely there is like one in fourteen million. There's a world where I'm like in my head right now, like watching the, that great events unfold. You know, like you know. Well, Chris, so if you if you had to describe like you know it, it, like college football teams via like 
you know, video game stats or like, you know, Dark Souls or something like that, where it's like, you've got your health, you've got your stamina, you've got your magic skill, you've got your strength skill, and then there's a luck skill. Auburn's is always at match 20. Like, Auburn is always at that. And in Destiny and in, in Miracles and in, in whatever. So that just means you can't ever count them out. And they could very much upset Alabama in the last weekend of the season. I, even without Bo Nix, I could still see it happening. Um, definitely going to be a lot tougher now, though. Um, for sure, for sure. So so really, it's I wouldn't be so worried about your number right now. Just go win. Like it, it, I bet that's what I think. That's what every coach tells their team. It's kind of yeah. When they but there, but but I, I, I want to just make the counterpoint though for what what a Cincinnati fan must feel and what the Cincinnati team must feel is you do have to be sitting there wondering, and I think we've both talked about it. Ev is we, you know, there's a good chance when Michigan State, Ohio State plays. Michigan could be Ohio State. You wonder what that does with Michigan. If Michigan were to win that, does that bounce them up, right? We we, we both kind of think that Oregon is a team that we think will lose at some point, right? Which will help. Let's let's just say for all intents and purposes, right now, the the you know everybody just wins out, including Cincinnati. It, it what what I would be fearful is that nothing changes, and that you can be an undefeated team and be still the fifth spot and not sneak into the top four, and it goes back and and shows you know kind of this biasy that we have against you know non power 5 teams in the college football playoff. I think I think there is definitely a right for concern that Cincinnati fans and their team must be feeling right now because it's 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 one thing to get disrespected but it's one thing that if you go and like you said win out and you're still sitting there, you know, going into the college football playoffs at the five spot, being up twelve and 0, 13 and zero, whatever it is. Like, ah, that's like, that's that's brutal. That's tough. And I, no, like, absolutely. I, I, I would be sweating a little bit. No, absolutely. And and it sucks. But Cincinnati does need to approach like they need to. It sucks, but they. But do it, need it, to... and the two, it did not help. I think was it last week, Ev, when they had that close loss or close win against Tulsa. Like that, it doesn't yeah. help when you have that. Like that, that you have to avoid that shit too. Don't don't give them any more reason to shit on you. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's 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 kind of it, it it does suck because it's as the season has gone on, they've had more of these kind of closer games, right? Like. You know, you open up the season with these, like, curb stomps over teams that you sh- definitely should beat, like uh, Miami, Ohio. But then you – know, and, and then you go win by two scores against Indiana, who was very rank, high, ranked very highly at the beginning of the season. And then you beat Notre Dame on the road, both games on the road. I mean, it really is crazy that they're disrespected as much as they are. Um, and, but but at the uh, at the end of the day, you know it's it sucks. But you gotta you gotta treat it like you've got to do more than the other teams, and 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 it's just it's it's just due to the fact that yeah, you you play a weaker schedule, and and you know the the uh, you know the the real final test for them before the uh, the conference championship in the American is definitely going to be this weekend. SMU, they've got, yeah, they've got SMU. SMU can definitely ball. They can put up a lot of points. Yeah. Eight, they're eight, eight and two for a reason, for sure. Yeah, and uh, and I could see them, could very much see them giving them a game. So if you go beat SMU by like twenty, then okay, yeah, like that's exactly exactly what you're looking to do. ECU ought to be a cakewalk. Um, they're not an especially great team, and then you go win the conference championship, and you just wait for. You know, Oregon, Ohio State, whoever to lose, because like like we were kind of alluding to, yeah. Ohio State's got Michigan State this weekend. Um, you know, Michigan State took that L against Michigan, 
Um, but at, or no, against uh, Purdue. But you know, everything is right as rain in uh, East Lansing if they go win this game. I mean, if, if that's the that's where I get, I would I would be very concerned as a Cincinnati fan is if Michigan State beats Ohio State this weekend. There's a chance that they could jump you. Um, like not not this week, but if Michigan State wins the Big Ten title with one loss, uh, I could see that reality playing yeah, out that way. Absolutely. And if, and if Ohio State wins all those games, then guess what? Ohio State stays above you. There's no way they're moving behind. Um, really, if you're Cincinnati, you're looking at Utah on Saturday and saying, "Please, please, Utes, please do it for us," because Oregon's got to travel to Rice Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City. And uh, it, that's going to be a, a, a fucking big ass test for Oregon. Um, that's probably their biggest challenge the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, and, then, and, 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 and <clears throat> like like you mentioned for SMU, like you have to you have to actually sprinkle some respect on Utah's name too. You know, work their way up, twenty fourth in the country for a reason. That's a very good team out of the Pac twelve. Yeah, they're good. They're 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 arguably like the second best team in the Pac twelve. Um, uh, and uh, and and. Yeah, I mean, Oregon's got to, uh, you know, if Oregon plays a super tight game against them, it doesn't hurt them so much because it's a ranked team that people respect. Now, if Oregon plays a couple tight games in, let's say, the final week of the season against, uh, and then, and then you know, maybe in the Pac-12, you know, there's a scenario where I could see that, but I doubt they would get penalized for winning the Pac-12 by a tight margin. So, yeah, man, it's going to be tough. Uh, I do think that there's at least, you know, a loss you know, I mean, you know Alabama's going to lose in the – well, you don't know they're, they're going to lose, but you know that one of Alabama or Georgia are going to lose in the SEC championship but we, but, and But we've said it all year long, though, and I, I, I sadly have to believe it, too, is that I don't – there's no way Alabama comes in as two, loses to Georgia. I'll put it this way, homie. And if, if, if Alabama loses tight to Georgia, I am now of the impression – I'm at this point. If Alabama loses tight to Georgia – in the SEC championship game at the two spot and Oregon, Ohio State didn't lose, I feel like Cincinnati has to be in there. Like I feel like Yeah, no I do way. too. I do too, but I just I don't I, I I don't believe the committee is on is on our level right now though. I think they are. I think I think that there's a lot of drama there and there's a lot of whatever, but if they put in a two loss Alabama team over a Cincinnati undefeated team, then you know, I, I don't know. So Cincinnati obviously has to be rooting for Alabama to lose that SEC championship Yeah, because game. I think if Georgia loses to Alabama in a tight game, I think they stay at four. I think they put in a one-loss Georgia over uh, oh, I, Cincinnati. Oh, w- without a doubt. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so you know, if you're Cincinnati, you're kind of rooting for Michigan State to win this weekend, but you're also, like, then rooting for Michigan State to lose the, the Big Ten. Really, if you're Cincinnati, you need to look at Oregon as the team that's that's got the best chance to, to lose a game um, and, and, and kind of root for that to happen. Or if Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game, Alabama loses by like – I think if Alabama loses by like three scores, it doesn't it's, – it's Cincinnati all the way. There's no question. But if Alabama loses in overtime or loses on a last-second field goal or something to Georgia, that's where it becomes a conversation. Otherwise, I think Cincinnati's in if they win. Okay. Uh, but 
Hey, I, I want to say that was courageous of you to go against you, against your alma mater oh, and your flat. team. No, I, that I was think courageous. I, uh... Alabama fans are <laughs> Alabama fans are looking at this team right now and saying this ain't it. Like Alabama yeah. fans. Yeah. Well, to be fair, squad. you you have been you have actually said that a few times this season. So I think I think Alabama fans they obviously want to win the national championship. We do every year, but but like it's. It's this is one that you this is a season that you know just by watching the games that they played this year you would say to yourself eh, I don't know I mean I went to the New Mexico State game this past weekend and uh, and Alabama should have been down like seven to three to open up that game like or potentially more they had a very very slow start and by the end of the first half they were leading by forty eight points. So it is what it is, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, even that as like, as they go on to win fifty nine to three, you know, right? But but like it's it's still one of those things where it's like there's just something about this team that's like not quite there, um, at least not yet. Who knows? Maybe it clicks. You know, maybe maybe the next couple. You know, you you win big against Arkansas, you win big against Auburn, you go into the Georgia game with momentum and feeling good. And uh, and 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 you're you're you know you're we're we're back to normal I guess but but I think uh, I think this team's got some some things to overcome and and uh, and I don't know if they will this year so it is what it is um, you know I guess Michigan is waiting in the wings to maybe whatever but Michigan needs in that case for Michi- Michigan, Mi- Michigan needs help. Michigan needs Michigan State to lose to Ohio State and then Michigan and then, needs to go beat Ohio State. Right. And Notre then, Dame needs to lose a game. Oregon needs to lose. Yeah, it sucks cuz I would love to see Michigan sneak in there too with Cincinnati, you know, in, in, so in some crazy. dream world, it right? It's so crazy for Michigan to be in the in the in the playoff. That would just be like I don't even know. Like, John Harbaugh will get a lifetime contract. They're like, yeah, this yeah. is what we got him for. This is what we waited 10-plus well, years are, for. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, like, also how hilarious it would be to watch Georgia beat Michigan by, like, 30 points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would just be so funny to watch that. I mean, I kind of think that's what's going to happen whoever Georgia plays in that four spot. If it's Cincinnati, I think they beat them big. I think yeah. it's Michigan, they beat them big. If it's, for some reason, Oregon, Ohio State, I think they beat them big. So, um yeah, man, we will see. It's uh, it's we've 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 been we've been enjoying the burn of the season. Uh, all you know, the past like three or four weeks have really started to to shake things up and and, and kind of paint this final picture. Um, but but I still feel like we've got some drama and some some upsets. Uh, obviously, we have some drama coming, but but I still think that you know there's some chaos uh, to to be had. Um, Meanwhile, you know, we're at the very beginning of the chaos in college basketball um, because we're, you know, two to three games into the season. Yeah, Yeet. Uh, Domathan, you know, what are the, what are, you know, for for our loyal Syracuse listeners out there, what's the vibe? (laughs) Uh, I think uh, they came away from the Drexel game this past weekend. Uh, good, feeling good, but you know, you, you looked at that game like mm, there, you, you saw some flaws, right? You saw uh, a team that came out in their first game and shot just lights out. You know, Joe Girard is a guy who we've been waiting kind of patiently. You know, highly recruited local kid out of Glens Falls, New York. Kind of waiting on him to. 
uh, you know, get right, so to speak. And he had a great opening opening game to the season. Uh, Buddy Beheim, there's so much talk about him being, you know, a, a a possible player of the year candidate, which is crazy. But more realistically, I think an ACC player of the year, ACC uh, offensive player of the year award uh, for sure. Uh, but at the end, the best thing what Syracuse has done, you know, and they played uh, Lafayette and and Drett was the other team, you know, they're 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 not leaving anything to chance right now because it, it's very Syracuse on par that we've seen in the last couple seasons to you know take these first five games and and really play really tight close games and, and for no reason whatsoever other than the fact that they aren't gelling um i actually want to just say really cool thing that like i think all college basketball fans really could like keep an eye on to watch is actually the bay oh my oh my god that Jeez, voice crack was okay? back yeah i think so i think i'm still going through puberty um I think one thing that Syracuse fans have that I think the rest of the college basketball fans should be looking for is the Bayheim duo. Uh, Jimmy is 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 the other son transferred from Cornell, but Jimmy's also been adding a lot of points, good off the boards as well to supplement the play there. Because that's the biggest thing coming in this year. Syracuse needed help was was you know we needed size on the boards. We need to get better on the offensive and defensive glass. You know and. and Lafayette and Drexel aren't the two teams you want to judge that off of, but so far they're doing what they need to. If the offense can play the way they are, then Syracuse is going to have, this is going to be really like, I'm trying to think of like probably like 2007 to 2011, maybe even like 05 when you had Dante Green and Johnny Flynn starting up with Paul Harris. Like, you know, there there are vintage Devendorf, even like late Jerry McNamara in 06. Like, they're. There are good vibes in Syracuse right now, and I'm very excited. Uh, Colgate, VCU, and then uh, our Big Ten ACC showdown game is against Indiana at the end of November. Very pumped. And then uh, their very first ACC game, Evan, takes them right here to Tallahassee, Florida. They play FSU the 4th of December. So I'm excited. Excited for that, obviously. And uh, overall, we're feeling good so far. And I think, like I said, the offense can keep playing the way they are. I think Syracuse fans are going to have a a fun season. Uh, And by fun, I mean we all know that by March, Joe Lenardi is going to have us either as first four in or first four out. And we get to do this fucking game of like, okay, which eight and nine seed matchup is Syracuse going to get into they could surprise us and maybe sneak up to like a five or a four I think there is that possibility but I I I think we're one of those teams that sneak into the AC to the NCAA tournament but who knows we'll see uh Evan I know obviously the day that Jim Beheim leaves the sidelines at Syracuse I have already made the pitch that I want Alabama's Nate Oates on our sideline so what is the what's the vibe in Tuscaloosa basketball uh, it's very positive. Um, you know, Alabama. You love, yeah, you love to hear it. It's it's uh it's Alabama hasn't really played anybody yet. They ain't playing nobody, Paul. Um, <laughs> but but they uh they've won won both games convincingly against two teams that are you know what you would call mid major NCAA tournament likelies hopefuls. Uh, Louisiana Tech is a very good team that more than likely will win their conference and, and, and make the, the NCAA tournament at the end of the year. And South Dakota State is also a team that will be, you know, in that mix. Um, and Alabama beat both of them by, you know, uh, 29 and, and 16 respectively. So that's very, uh, very uh, awesome to see. Um, the guy for Alabama right now that has been, you know, super like just – 
He's uh, as as Nate Oates said in his press conference recently. He's he's plus sixty four over two games. Um, Keon Ellis, just a guard, a, a scrappy ass guard that right now is shooting very well. But he gets boards. He he can throw dimes. He he's making shots. I mean, he's doing everything you want to see. And he's a guy that you know had really important bench minutes last year, but he's stepping into his own in a big way, and that's exciting. Um, not to mention too that. The arrival of, you know, number one guard prospect of the 2021 class, J.D. Davison, is uh, has arrived and uh, is is looking like a, I mean, he he is so unbelievably explosive. I mean, it is, it's one of those things where if you watch his high school tape, you're kind of like, well, is he just doing this because no one in high school wants to get postered? But in these first two games against decent competition, he has already put a couple guys on posters and is just looking like I mean he's he's a he, he he's looking like a special player. Um you know Javon Quinterly's back. That's exciting. Thought we were gonna lose him. And then uh uh Jaden Shackelford is also here doing his thing. Um uh it's it's this team is is it's going to be it's gonna be interesting because this team is going to kinda have to do what the team last year did, which was it's going to take a you know, an effort from from eight to nine guys. It can't just be you know, uh, you know, two or three stars, and then you know, kind of filling in the blanks. There, it's it, that's not what that team last year was, and that's not what this team this year is going to be. Um, but top to bottom, they may not have like a number one star in the team. J.D. Davison may end up being a guy who averages twenty something a game, but but probably won't end up being. He'll probably will just end up averaging sixteen, right. seventeen, which is still very good. But you know. Um, there it's, but, but, you know, there's no reason not to be optimistic. That being said, they play South Alabama tonight, you know, ought to win that game heavy. Um, and then they play Oakland and then they play Iona, which are two. Then, ooh, ooh, (laughs) what a game. This, the 4th of December for you guys. I'm looking at that right now. And then you get to December and you play Gonzaga in Seattle. And then you get a week off and you go play, or you welcome Houston. And then you play Memphis. And, the, you know, it, it's, I mean, they, they, they loaded up that out-of-conference schedule. I mean, every single team they're playing, even if it's not a Gonzaga, is a pretty solid team pretty much. Um, they, they, they said we're we're not going into the SEC tournament with a light lightweight. We're gonna we're gonna go in uh, or to the SEC regular season with a lightweight schedule. We're gonna go in uh, full blast. Mm-hmm. And you know those three games in a row will tell us a lot of you know where that team is in the moment. I don't think they beat Gonzaga, you know, but but I definitely think they ought to give. I mean, put, a, put up a fight. I mean, you got to think about it. Back-to-back Final Four teams, like, on the schedule. Like, yeah. <laughs> Gonzaga in the Houston is such a wild one, too. Calvin um, Sampson game, baby. Yeah, it's exciting to to, to know that Calvin Sampson will be uh, in uh, in Tuscaloosa, which, hey, that game has a 10 p.m. tip-off. What the fuck are we doing, ESPN? What? Uh, That's gross. Yeah. That's gross as a motherfucker. And then, you know, I mean, you get into the SEC, and the SEC schedule is crazy, too, because in those first – I mean, one, the SEC is very good at basketball right now, but the first three or four SEC games includes Tennessee ranked, Florida ranked, Auburn ranked. Um, and then you get a little bit of a breather before they – and they play Baylor later in the year, dude. 
They played Baylor in that Big Twelve, uh, uh, you know, game. You know, in the in the crossover game. I mean, they are they have an unbelievably tough schedule this year. Yeah. They, they I mean, they're going to be a team that probably has like five or six losses, but might be in the top ten. You know, at the end of the year. So, um, so it's uh, it's definitely exciting times. But it's one of those things where right now it's all about just winning these games that you're still the better team in, and then uh, hopefully you get to Gonzaga and you're feeling good about yourself. Um, but, but it's, uh, it's, 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 it, college basketball is exciting right now. I mean, there hasn't been anything too crazy. We had that super fire Duke Kentucky game, uh, to kind of open up the season. And let me tell you, Duke looked really, really good in that game. I kind of said that last episode, but, but Duke is a team that to watch out for, I feel like. And, um, I, I think, I think, you know, the, the narrative of coach K's last season and all that stuff, I, I feel like, you know, this might be. A Duke year where you know we don't see them get knocked out by you know Winona State and um, right you know in the in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. I feel like this is a team that that might get to the Final Four. Which Dom, I think we should wrap up the show by doing our our long shot first week of the season. I love know, that Final Fours. Uh, I'll let you go with your one, and then I'll go with my one. Okay. So I took the I took the the word long shot very literally on this. So I just want everyone to know that like I'm doing this knowing that like probably none of these teams are gonna get there. Um, Believe in yourself, Dom. But yeah, let's just talk about first the fact that I wanted to mention this with Syracuse Evan. Syracuse is not the best team in the state of New York. Oh, do you did you know that? Who's I can admit it. Do you know who the best team in the state of New York is, Evan? It is It is my second college choice that I decided to not go to after I got out of community college. It is the 22nd ranked St. Bonaventure Bonnies out of Olean, New York. Holy for, shit, Dom. Um, in the final four. Yep. St. Bonaventure in the final four. Um, oh, my God. Let's just do a long shot there. Let's manifest that fucking energy because I would love to see that there. Let's get serious, though. And let's go to the next ones. I would love to not see this team in there. But I, I, Jay Wright and Villanova, man, they always just have a clear path, and they're playing really well. They have a lot of seniors coming back. I've read up a few things about them. And Villanova, to me, seems like a team that could very much get into that Final Four. So I've already kind of fucked myself. But let's give me Villanova versus St. Bonaventure. Hmm. Man, I didn't... I. We talked about him so much. I actually, like, being a Nate Oates fan, I want to say Alabama, but I'm not going to. Uh, So in that same vein, I'm going to keep old uh, John Calipari vibes because that's how I remember John Calipari was being a Memphis coach. So I'll take Memphis. Uh, Take Memphis there. They had a bunch of good recruiting classes recently in the recent years. So that's all finally coming into fruition. And then, oh, God, who would I want? Who would I... I, do I take? Yeah, probably. I guess I'll just I'll take Gonzaga just because they're gonna they'll yeah. be there again. So yeah, give me give me Gonzaga, Villanova, Memphis, and Saint Bonaventure. I love it. That would be an amazing. That would be fucking I, unreal. Uh, the the, the, the Bonaventure pick is a homer pick for sure, but I'll I'll stand by it. I'll defend it. It would be amazing. Saint Bonaventure, a fourth, you know, kind of the team. Um, I'll go ahead and say, though, that I do have two teams that are outside the top ten making my final four. I really 
it, it's partially because of they are coming from you know different regions and, and conferences and stuff. But but I think Oregon is going to be another just like they were in the NCAA tournament last year, just like they were last season. They're going to be a team that puts up a lot of points. They uh, they they didn't lose a ton from last season and and the Pac-12 is not a bad basketball conference but it should be one that they get into. I got not just one uh Pac-12 team, not just Oregon making it done. Oh boy. I got UCLA also doing it. You didn't include them in their final in the final four and I can see why, but but that UCLA team is playing like a team possessed. I know you like Villanova and I think Villanova will be just fine. But uh UCLA got that huge test to open up the season against uh, uh Nova and and they handled it pretty well. Um, and, and I'm convinced right now. So I've got Oregon and UCLA making it. I Damn. also have Ohio State, not Michigan, not Purdue, not Illinois. Oh, you're Ohio falling. You're, I think I think you're just falling for the Ohio State trap like they I always think I, do. I'm falling for it early, buddy. I'm falling for yeah, it Yeah, because they, they are a team that will always get you to the Elite Eight, but never the, never the Final Four. I believe in that Ohio State team. I think uh, what, what's what's kind of you know they they also haven't necessarily played anyone super impressive to open up the season. They in fact they almost lost to Akron to open the season, but in those two games since they've kind of woken up, uh, put up a lot of points, and uh, and they they I, I just think they um I think I think EJ Little is kind of a guy that you know the the more I I hear about this dude, the more it seems like he. You know, you talk about guys that are in contention for player of the year, at least for their conferences. I think he's very much in that mix. Um, and then to wrap it up, my number four spot, I've got the Duke Blue Devils. I alluded to it. Yep. No Alabama. I got to be real. No Alabama. I think a lead eight is probably on the table for Alabama, Sweet 16. Um, but but uh, I, think, I think the Blue Devils get there. And um, no Gonzaga either. I feel like uh, I know that's I know that's another kind of you know what. How, yeah, that's a how, tough how, one. Yeah. That's a t- I just like they're they 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 to me like they they've just reloaded still and there's yeah. there's so much talent on that bulldog roster still that I have you have to throw some respect on their name. Understandable. Well, it's uh it's it's super mad early. We're just you know we're mostly just throwing darts at the board here, um, but. But it's uh, it's it's definitely looking like a uh, you know there's a lot of huge powerhouse names that are kind of back to normal seemingly you know Kentucky you know I know they lost to Duke but they were in that game Duke's got you know kind of magical presence with Coach K's last year Gonzaga's going to be good UCLA is going to be good Kansas Michigan I mean there's a lot of classic names that are up in the mix but then like Dom mentioned, I mean St. Bonnie's is ranked. You know, you've got <laughs> you've got Maryland up in the mix, which they have a great basketball tradition. Just you know, haven't quite been there in recent years. And and you know, the SEC has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven teams ranked. Yeah, Florida, so. Florida, Florida's a really good school. Saw them um, beat Florida State at home this pet. Well, you know, got the cover that and, and talk about that on Sunday. But Florida obviously is a, you know, they look they looked good. Houston, hey, Calvin Sampson love again, you know. Houston's always going to be in probably at Sweet 16, Elite 8 conversation as well. I'm curious to see how far they go. Hey, and let, let's flash back to 2005 real quick. Evan Illinois sitting top 10, you know. God, I haven't haven't said that. In a I, long could, time. I I mean, I I I think Illinois is going to be very good and in the mix down the stretch too, but uh but at the same time is uh, I, I, like I said, I, I'm biting, I'm biting down on Ohio State early. 
Okay. Uh, so. Okay. So, okay. Um, and uh, I think with that said, we need to get going, Dom. Yeah, I think that just about does it. Wraps up our show for today. But folks, we thank you as always for tuning in. But hey, Evan, we can also share how they can go follow us even when they're not listening to us through their beautiful headphones or car systems. So if you're not using your ear holes, but instead you're using your eye holes, yeah, um, you nice. can go on Twitter and um, you know go follow Down In Out Podcast. Uh, down capital in out podcast on Twitter. Uh, that's where we tweet out episode links. That's where we'll make fun of each other sometimes. That's where we want to interact with you. So so go hit us up on that. And then while you're at it, go on the podcast app that you're listening this to, Spotify, Apple, whatever, um, and go give us a five star rating because it makes us look good. It makes us feel good, um, and it helps us in terms of getting new listeners. In terms of Maybe, you know, other organizations reaching out to us and saying, hey, nice podcast. Uh, You know, we could help you in some way. Um, Those are all things that are really, really great and useful and helpful. And and we appreciate you doing those. Yep, absolutely. We do. We love it. And, uh, you know, as always, we just thank you guys for always bearing with us for getting our our release schedules out. It could be sometimes a little shifty, a little wonky, but we always appreciate you guys being there for us, continuing to support us. It means the world. Uh, As always, you know, quick shout out, JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror, intro, outro song. Go show them some love, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream your music, anywhere you stream our podcasts like Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, you name it. You can find our boys, friends of the program, friends of ours. Evan, it's been fun and it's been real. Is there any final words that you need to give to Um, the people? No, not especially. just uh just you know hold tight folks it's uh we're 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 uh we're every week i feel like we're getting better at podcasting it's just a matter of making so our schedules can you know allow us to put more effort and time into the podcast in other ways 100 so uh you know we we appreciate you know you listening we appreciate any way you decide to interact with us um and uh yeah just a, a final thank you is all i have well it's been fun and it's been real folks it's been down and out and until next time or even dare cheap later Seen and cause a hassle. Have you looking at me like who is this bastard? Cool like ice, big slam, pop like medicine that isn't really yours, but you take it with your friends. Cool, calm, collected, but I love to act hectic. Sitting in the corner in the dark like Riddick with the notepad out, thinking about lyrics. I ignored your story because I didn't want to hear it. Bitch, did you ever really catch a switch where I went from rock to boot a cup of vibe like a fish? Assist like white chocolate, handing out a dish at the devil shows up in my soul he does wish i might accept the offer cause i wanna grind like cause and give the trophies to my mama make him sweat like a sauna cause act like i can't then i'ma spit like a llama take your girlfriend out and give a balenciaga so check me out feel me up and watch me bounce cause the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse switch places change faces now buddha runs a house trust hip-hop more than bitches so i'ma take her as a spouse or at least a concubine if in front of my god feel the I'ma grab it like a shield and I'll make it shine Cause when I'm polished I'll abolish if you cross the line That's how I am feeling Keep growing like a giant go through the ceiling Man in the mirror doubled up now you all the fuck We go akimbo when we stop blazing Boom boom pow pow 
what you gonna do now Especially when I bring the energy like it's a powwow Besides finding me a patient face Cause you a damn clown Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now The name is Buddha, bitch Damn, JD Uh, look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now